0: Relationships. We go through many relationships in our lives. And oftentimes, when we say the word relationship, we normally are prone to think of specifically romantic relationships and um, romantic partners and love relationships. But there are very many relationships that we have in our lives that shape our world view. And the experiences that we have in these relationships and the things that we learn from these people wind up shaping essentially how we view the world around us, the thoughts and narratives and belief systems that we have towards ourselves and other people and towards life at large. And they wind up shaping what makes up our life experiences and how we interact and react with other people. And, you know, so that stems sometimes from our familial relationships because those are the first relationships that we have from, from birth all the way on um, is our relationships with our parents, our grandparents, our brothers and sisters, our aunts and uncles, um, our nieces and nephews even, like, once we're, once we're old enough and we have, uh, you know, brothers and sisters that are having, uh, children and then we're still kind of like, all right, maybe we don't have children or we do have children, you know, (laughs) um, and any of those familial relationships that shape our ideas of the world, um, and our ideas start with our relationships with our parents. How did our parents raise us? How did our parents treat us? What was our religious values? What were our political values? What were the the things that we were taught by these people? What did we learn in school and then what were we taught at home? Um, you know, and, and what dichotomies came up and, and what and what wound up checking out and what wound up being the the things that we held as truth and and then what were the things that we started to challenge once we started getting older and going through adolescence and puberty and young adulthood and early adulthood and then now into adulthood what are those belief systems that we had as children that we are now starting to challenge and recognize maybe there are some cracks maybe there are some faults maybe there are some flaws um but then we move on through life and we wind up having relationships with our friends and those are the people that wind up being our platonic relationships those are the people that we wind up creating these relationships with because we have things in common and we can recognize our differences and share our differences but these are the people that we wind up using as our soundboards for our creative projects. These are the people that we wind up hitting up at 8 o'clock at night being like, hey, you want to come over and play a and play a video game? Or, um, hey, uh, D&D is at this time on this day of, of the week, every week. Um, you know, and, and those are our D&D buddies. And then we also have our work friends who maybe we only associate at work, but they're not necessarily people that we might wind up... Um, inviting out for coffee or anything (laughs) Um, and we have all of these different relationships that we go through in life and at the gist of it all of these relationships wind up teaching us about ourselves and wind up teaching us about how we interact with other people and the things that we hold true as our core values and then when we get into romantic relationships it becomes a completely different ballgame. And normally... Well, not normally, but... Well, actually, no, I guess you could say normally. But what winds up happening in our romantic relationships is where we find out about our attachment styles. And, and what we hold true when it comes to being in a relationship with someone. And how we feel about being on the same level as someone and what it means to be on the same level with someone and be on the same playing field and be on the same page when we're trying to attract the ideal partner. So I'm going to go ahead and break that down first. So when we wind up thinking about our ideal partner at any point in life, um, you know we might we might wind up you know of course when we're when we're children and when we're, and when we're, you know, young within our adolescence and our prepubescence and our pubescence, we wind up developing crushes and we have these celebrity crushes and then we have our first crush in, in school, at junior high and high school and all of these different things. and And we wind up having our first kiss and our first date and we go to prom and we do all of these different things. And we have this little, you know, puppy love relationship in high school. And... <laughs> we we have this like we create almost like this checklist from that relationship of like how we how we felt within it um is it gonna last what kind of person we want them to be and what kind of person we're into from their looks to their personality to the types of interests that they have and what interests we hope to share with them and we wind up liking people because of the fact that we're into the same genre of music or into the same style of clothing. And then we think about their physique and how we want them to look, you know, physically. Do we like tall, skinny people? Do we tend to gravitate towards liking people who have a certain hair color? Do we tend to gravitate towards liking people who have a certain style? Um... And then uh, it also comes down to their body sexually. Sometimes, um, what are we what are we most attracted to physically when it comes to sex? And sometimes that even translates into um, when we're thinking about people who typically have male genitalia. Um, how big are they? <laughs> and um, and we we're just like hmm. We we think about that and especially because we think about what kind of pleasure we're going to derive from that. (laughs) Um, and, And we can get all of these different things on like this sort of checklist. And we wind up creating this checklist of not only our standards for how we want to feel, but who that person is, almost down to an exact science. And we create this like, almost fictionalized person in our heads. And the reason I say almost fictionalized is because we could create a person in our heads that absolutely 100% exists from their personality all the way down to the checklist that we have for their looks and their hobbies and their aspirations and their goals and their dreams. And and how big they dick is. <laughs> um but <laughs> we we can create this person that absolutely exists. But what happens is when we're so focused on this idea of who this person is and we have it down to an exact checklist and we want that person who, quote, checks all the boxes, we sometimes wind up setting ourselves up for failure because we wind up. Either having one of two things happen, we'll either meet that person that really does check off all the boxes, but then once we're in that relationship, we feel insecure because we have everything that we want, but we feel like something is missing. Or two, we set ourselves up for failure because we pass up an opportunity to actually be with someone who might be more in line with our core values, as opposed to just someone who checks all of those boxes and the reason i say that this is important to to recognize is because um from personal experience i was talking to a friend of mine once um and this friend is is a really good friend of mine i consider him to be my brother and we were talking one day and he said alice i want to point out something to you and i said what's that bub and he said You're presenting all of these things that you want to feel within a relationship and that you want to have within a relationship, but it seems like you have a checklist of who this person is supposed to be, how they're supposed to look, what they're supposed to act like, the the kind of job that they have, the kind of aspirations that they have. And you don't know if in a year or two from now, you're going to have those same values that you have today. And he was, who oh boy, was he right. He was so fucking right, he couldn't even be more right. Like, he mm-hmm. couldn't even go left, he was so right. <laughs> but, but, um, what happened was, he basically was like, throw out your checklist. Because your checklist is what's going to wind up inevitably hurting you. Because you're idealizing this person that definitely could exist, but you're passing up the opportunity to... One, focus on yourself and focus on your core values and what you really, 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 really want. And then two, you're pretty much putting this ideal person in a box. And you're saying that he has to be 100% this way or that way in order for you to feel like he is the one. (laughs) And, And like... Um, or, or the one. And the reason I say the one is because um, that's that's kind of how we were talking at that one point. But he was right. I was setting myself up for intellectual, emotional, spiritual, and physical failure. Because I was so focused on exactly what I wanted this person to be. Instead of focusing on how I wanted to feel within that relationship and how having that kind of relationship would feel. And the more I... You know, journey on on my spiritual path, and the more that I learn about myself spiritually and psychologically, the more I recognize that having that checklist was just absolutely going to be detrimental for me if I kept hold onto that checklist, because I was going to set myself up for continuing to attract relationships with possibly emotionally unavailable people. And, uh, you know, just focusing on the physical aspects of the relationship instead of focusing on those emotional and mental aspects. And yes, it is okay to want to be on the same playing field as someone, but to sometimes have this checklist of exactly who they are winds up setting you up sometimes for meeting that person and then feeling disenchanted or being in this constant state of chasing after that type of person. Um, so, so the next point that I wanted to make was being on the same playing field. And the reason why it's good to understand what kind of playing field you want to be on within a relationship is this key thing is you want to understand how you want to feel in a relationship and also learn how to prioritize yourself to give yourself some of that feeling because at the end of the day you cannot expect even in a even when you are in that relationship you cannot expect that person to 24 7 be everything that you need and and meet every emotional need meet every physical need meet every spiritual need, meet every intellectual need, be there and be openly and readily available 24-7. They're not going to be. One, both of y'all is going to need sleep. <laughs> Two, it's okay to have friends that you can, you know, sound off of and have a life separate Not necessarily like a full life, but like have hobbies and interests and goals and things that you do that are separate from your relationship. Such as if your creative endeavor is writing a book and their creative endeavor is maybe becoming an actor and they're taking acting classes and they're um, involving themselves in theater productions and they're wanting to expand themselves with that. And they're also uh, working on learning film production. And they're working on uh, working behind the scenes with theater productions and, and film and, and different things like that because they want to get into acting and theater and film. And that's their MO. And they don't always have you there by their side while they're doing that stuff, but you are fully supportive. That's okay. But what I mean with being on the same level, being on the same playing field is look at your core values. What are those core values? And does the person that you are in a relationship with currently, or the person that you are speaking to, or the person that you are pursuing, do those core values match Do you have the same idea when it comes to pursuing a future together? And not just in the sense of, do you see a future together, but what are the things that you want for your future? And do those things align with what they want for their future? An example would be, how do you both feel on marriage? What are your political values? What are your religious values and how important is your religion to you? What are your values when it comes to children and how you want to raise your children if you have them? Um, Whether you have them now or you plan on having them in the future. Do you want to be with a partner who is ambiguous towards their future? Or do you want to be with a partner who has more of those same core values? And... What I say with like you know being on the same level is not just being on the same playing field and not just being on the same page, but recognize your level and recognize that it's okay to have your standards where they are and know where you are in your life at your own level. Maintain your level because oftentimes what happens is <clears throat> when we get into relationships because of The attachment styles, which I will be going into in a second, because of the attachment styles that we have, that we've learned since childhood, and that we've adapted and adopted since childhood. Because of those attachment styles, sometimes what happens is we wind up lowering our standards to be able to find the, quote, right person. Instead of maintaining our standards, and being confident and secure within ourselves and knowing that we want to attract people who are at that same level, are on that same playing field, who have those same core ideas, who have those same core beliefs. And we will wind up lowering our standards and lowering our bar because we think that that's what's going to attract other people. And nine times out of ten, that is completely false. Because what winds up happening when we wind up lowering our bar and lowering our standards... Is we wind up telling ourselves that we are too much. That someone would not be able to accept us as who we are. And it puts us again into this like people pleaser mindset where we have to mold ourselves... Into this version of someone that another person would 100% desire, instead of recognizing that we are desirable as fuck on our own in the in the vibration or the level of you know um, selfness that we have already, and that can be so detrimental because what we should be striving for, and and this and this is a strive within friendships as well and and this is what I strive for at least in, in my friendships, my personal relationships, whatever I strive for being with people and being around people that one accept me as who I am and two, continue to help me see my worth and help me raise my value as opposed to people who want to bring me down and if I feel like someone is wanting to bring me down Either because I can sense that you're jealous of, of me and my success or that they just simply want to bring me down because that's where they are and they're miserable and miserable loves company. I recognize that I have more self-respect than that and I say okay well maybe this friendship is no longer healthy for me. I have to re- I have to resign from this friendship. I have to I have to pull myself away from this friendship. I have to um say to this person, "Hey, look, I care about you. I love you, but this friendship is no longer working for me. I'm sorry. Gonna have to go." Um, <laughs> you know, or sometimes I don't even say anything at all because I I I recognize that that person is one not going to listen to me and two does not need an explanation. I don't owe them an explanation, and I just bloop, drop out of that friendship sometimes. Um <clears throat> But, and, and what I mean by like, you know, being around people who help me see my value and who help me raise my value on a consistent basis is because I am working to raise my own value. I am recognizing within myself that I want to feel good. I want to feel whole and complete. I want to feel confident and secure within myself and I work on that daily because let me tell you something, confidence, even though you can be confident, it, it's a daily process because some days you're going to wake up and feel kind of like shit, you know, and, and then today you might wake up confident and, and full of joy and full of peace and full of happiness and full of excitement and you might be able to find more exciting things in your, in your day. And then tomorrow you might wake up and stub your toe and be like, fuck, my day is going to go to shit, you know. And <laughs> um, <laughs> and and I've started to, you know, even if I do wake up and stub my toe, because sometimes I am accident prone to shit. Uh, <laughs> even if I do wake up and stub my toe, I'm just like, you know what? I woke up, I stubbed my toe. It's a thing. It happened. I'm going to be good anyway, you know, and I'm going to have a good day anyway. And if I don't have a good day today well then I just don't have a good day today and and I'll have a good day tomorrow Like, and and the more that I just think about it like that I'm just like you know what I'm going to have the best day that I possibly can and I'm going to show up as my best self and that's enough for me and the more that I continue to say that and the more that I continue to embody that the more I'm just like alright Um, I, I wind up attracting or, or even repelling, um, wind up at the same time, attracting and repelling because I'm attracting more people who are in line with, with a similar value and more people who see me as who I am, see me as a high value person, see me as my authentic self and don't try to diminish that. But then I'm also repelling people who don't see that and who want to bring me down and who, want me to feel miserable. And then it's just like, all right, bye, see you. <laughs> uh, because I, I recognize my own worth now. And I, I don't settle for less. But, you know, it, it's sometimes easy to settle for less when we are used to being people pleasers. And when we are used to impressing and impressing and impressing and impressing other people whether it's to get a job or it's to come into a certain type of um monetary status or to get into excuse me especially a romantic relationship we're focused on impressing 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 impressing, impressing, as opposed to just being our authentic selves and knowing who that is and showing up as that every single day And showing up as that in every single interaction that we have and that now brings me to our attachment styles so in our relationships we have these different attachment styles and they can come up in our platonic relationships and in our friendships as well but more often than not they will come up in our romantic relationships as a heavier presence And those three attachment styles, there are three main attachment styles. There is the avoidant attachment style, there is the anxious attachment style, and there is the secure attachment style. Avoidant attachment style usually stems from, more often than not, either being too hurt and not wanting to go through that hurt again, so they wind up becoming apathetic. And they wind up just kind of being like, yeah, whatever, and, and having that yeah, whatever mindset towards emotions, towards feelings, towards thoughts, towards love, towards anything. They're just kind of like, it is or it isn't. <laughs> I really don't care either way. And um, they, they come across as being avoidant because they, they wind up kind of having that cold and distant type of, type of way of, of acting towards their person and avoidance wind up being emotionally unavailable. They're they're the emotionally unavailable type person because they aren't really emotionally available even to themselves because they haven't really learned emotional availability and they haven't really learned how to express their emotions in healthy ways so they just shut them off and they suppress 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 and they they, uh, they wind up attracting the anxious attachment style person Because the anxious attachment style and what the anxious attachment style is is usually indicative of someone who has been abandoned or neglected or never felt worthy enough or never felt good enough and someone who is very empathetic. An anxious person winds up being very empathetic not only because they want to be able to take care of and nurture but because they were never really taken care of and nurtured as much as they should have been within their life. And what winds up happening is, is that they wind up developing this sense of self that says, oh, I've got to take care of other people. Oh, I've got to be there for other people. And then they also simultaneously develop the sense of self that still feels unworthy and still feels anxious and still feels like they're going to be abandoned and neglected. And that's the narrative that they keep repeating and cycling in their head. I, I know because I used to be there. <laughs> I know because at times I still... Wind up having this anxious person within me resurface, and then I have to tell her, "Hey look, 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 come here, sit down, breathe, i've got you, I'm here, <laughs> you know and and I'm doing the work to to get out of this anxious attachment style because I'm recognizing that it's hurting my friendships, it's hurting me, and yeah, so but At the end of the day, what winds up happening is that the anxious person winds up chasing after the avoidant person and thinking that they're going to be able to fix the avoidant person. They have this fixer mindset and also this people pleaser mindset simultaneously. They want to be able to have that avoidant person start showing them more emotion and thinking that they'll be able to stay in that relationship and be able to fix everything. And then what winds up happening is that the avoidant winds up Essentially creating this, um, kind of creating this space where they do get neglected because it's all they've ever known and that's what they expect. And they, and they wind up going after what feels familiar. The anxious person goes after the avoidant person because the avoidant feels familiar. Because that is something that they have experienced most often in their lives, Most often in their experience, they experience being abandoned, they experience being ghosted, they experience being neglected, they experience being left out in the cold. And that's the kind of love that they are so used to that they chase after what feels familiar and then wind up getting hurt in the process and either wind up staying in those relationships with those avoidant people and wind up in abusive relationships or they get out of those relationships and they still work on finding their sense of self. And sometimes when they do find their sense of selves, they wind up turning into what is called the secure attachment style. And you can always move into the secure attachment style by working on yourself because it does come within yourself. And what the secure attachment style is, is that person who has self-respect, that person who is able to self-regulate their emotions, and what I mean by self-regulating their emotions is that they understand that their emotions are a part of their existence and they understand that their emotions and their feelings and their thoughts about things are valid in those moments. And they allow themselves to express those emotions. They allow themselves to have that vulnerability even if they are alone and can only express it with themselves. They allow themselves that space to be vulnerable. They allow themselves that space to be Anxious If they feel anxious, they allow themselves that space to have those doubts when those doubts come up. But they also recognize that those doubts, that anxiety, those fears, all of those different things are not true to themselves. And they also recognize, hey, it is okay to feel these emotions, but it is not okay to allow these emotions to consume me and be the bane of my existence that keeps me stuck in this cycle where I'm not achieving my goals and where I feel unworthy and where I feel like I am not going to be successful. And they, and they have this sense of self that says, it's okay to feel these things as they come up. But what I'm going to do is instead of attaching to these emotions, I'm going to observe these emotions. I'm going to observe these thoughts. I'm going to observe these feelings when they come up. And then I'm going to work with myself and others, whether that other is a therapist or my friends or even my partner, to see how I can meet my emotional needs on my own and if I can't meet my emotional needs on my own I will ask for help and if the help that I am receiving does not feel like the best type of help or the person that I am reaching out to cannot be the best source of help I will reach out to another source or if I reach out to multiple sources and they still can't help, how can I then go back to myself and help to self-regulate? And not only does a secure person know how to self-regulate, but they know how to set boundaries and stick to them. They know how to feel confident in themselves and show up as a confident person every single day. They know. They know. They don't just, they don't just think. They, they feel and they know what it is that they want in their lives. And they are not going to waver for anyone else. An example of secure would be, let me, just, let me just put this example out there. Someone who is secure within themselves and knows that they don't want children, for example. I know a lot of people who, you know, in this day and age just do not want children. And that is completely valid. I know men, I know women who just do not want children. They don't ever want to be parents. And if they are secure within themselves and they meet somebody who wants kids, they will politely say, hey, look, I do appreciate you. I do value you. I do value your friendship. I do... I do completely support what it is that you want within your life, but unfortunately, if we were to enter a romantic relationship or if we are already in a romantic relationship, I do not have the same values as you do. And I am not wavering on these values. I do not want to be a parent, so therefore I I know that I cannot be with someone who vehemently wants to be a parent. It is not for me. It is not the path that I have chosen. It is something that I am fully secure within myself that I understand that I don't want this. So I have to remove myself from this relationship. And I, I know people who vehemently do not want kids and then they wind up in friendships with people who have kids or are having kids and they're able to be friends with that person because they do share some core values and they do share some interests together and they are able to, you know, express their differences with their friends. But when it comes to a romantic relationship, they cannot be with someone who vehemently wants kids because they're just like, I'm not ready for that. I don't want that. I vehemently don't want that. Please do not pressure me to have kids. Um, and the secure person is going to be like, hey, look, it is something that I have recognized over the course of time that I never wanted. Um, I, I had these ideas for a long time. I've had these ideas ever since I was, you know, X age, and those ideas have not wavered. I am now, you know, well into my 30s, and I still have these ideas, or well into my 40s, and I still have these ideas, well into my 50s, and I still have these ideas. I have had the same ideas since I was 20 years old. Now that I am 35, I still have those ideas, you know. The, those are just an example, but another example of a secure person would be someone who is assertive in expressing their boundaries. Not even just when it comes to to you know things like do I want to have kids in the future, but boundaries such as time management. And this is a big one for me because I struggled and sometimes still struggle with time management. <laughs> and um, when I, what I mean by time management is not just, you know, managing your time for yourself and setting boundaries with yourself and setting healthy goals for yourself and maybe, you know, coming up with time spreadsheets to be able to um, create time blocks within your day where you know... Okay, well, I work from this time to this time. So from this time to this time, I might need to put my phone on silent or put my phone on do not disturb or put my phone in work focus to where I'm not getting all of these notifications blowing up my phone where people are trying to talk to me while I am trying to focus on work or, um, you know, uh setting time blocks for your day, even on your day off, where you're just like, okay, I have laundry to catch up on, I have dishes to do, I have um, my house to clean, it takes me this amount of time to be able to do all of this, because this is how big my house is, um, so how can I manage my time and break down my chores within my day to get everything done within, you know, today, so that I can then enjoy the rest of my day, um, and and enjoy my evening. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you, you have, you have that within yourself, but then also being able to set boundaries with others and, and saying, you know, okay, well, this is the time that my phone shuts off and not, and not responding to any messages that you do get on your phone, putting your phone, um, at, I have an iPhone and, and the reason why I love having an iPhone is because, um, With the new update, uh, it gave you different focuses, because it used to be just silent mode, do not disturb, um, you know, because you can turn your phone on silent just by switching the volume, uh, the volume, but um, it used to be, you know, being able to switch your phone on silent uh, using the volume controls, Uh, (laughs) um, do not disturb mode, off, and on, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and and uh sleep mode sleep mode was something that uh was a new feature on some of the newer iphones for for a while now um but it used to be only only those few things and then um now with the new update and and i have the 11 pro so um now with the new update We're able to turn our phones into do not disturb, turn our phones into personal mode where we can have all of our notifications going off and blip 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 all of our notifications from our social media, blah, 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 blah. Um, (laughs) uh, Work mode where we only have certain things that are related to work, like maybe during work mode we might put all of our work contacts in case of emergencies or maybe in case of emergency contacts so that Um, If something were to happen at home, we would be able to get it while we're at work. You, You get it. And then sleep mode where everything shuts off when we do and we are going to bed and none of our notifications can come through. And I love that because when I am sleeping and even like an hour before I go to bed, I shut my phone into sleep mode um and i i let myself have that breather sometimes sometimes i, I i've still been a little bit like uh eh, haven't been you know using the sleep mode when i should be in sleep mode i will still like doom scroll on on social media sometimes and i'm and i'm learning that that's a habit that isn't helping me so um i am effectively taking a break from social media but um I love having, having that feature because then I can just shut my phone off and I don't even have to worry about sending texts to people being like, Hey, my phone's off. If you send me a message or if you send me a phone call, like you're going to have to call me three times for it to disrupt my sleep in, in sleep mode because, um, like then, then I know it's an emergency, but, um, If my phone is in sleep mode, I don't get any of my notifications from social media. I don't get any of my notifications from anybody unless they're, like, pretty much, like, pushing notifications through. Because you can do that if you have an iPhone. Uh, like, from iPhone to iPhone, you can be like, okay, they've got it on do not disturb. Send notification anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But, But, um, I love having that feature because when I'm done for the day, I'm done for the day. And, um... That helps me to reinforce my boundary with myself to say, all right, baby girl, you are done for the day. Your Your phone is in sleep mode. You need to be in sleep mode too, even if you're not sleeping. Be done. Go enjoy your evening. Go watch a movie. Go go have dinner. Go wind down. Go do your meditations. Go do some yoga. Go, you know, go to sleep. <laughs> um, go read a book for an hour and then go to bed. <laughs> Uh, read a book that helps you, that helps you to like feel comfortable and, and calm and then go to sleep, (laughs) you know, um, set a little alarm on your phone if you only want to read for 30 minutes and then go to bed. Um, and, and I've started to do that because I've started to recognize that that does help me, but, um, you know, you, you, the, the confident and secure person not only sets boundaries with other people, but sets them with themselves and stays secure within those boundaries and doesn't feel like they have to over-explain those boundaries. And they, they wind up setting those boundaries with people and they wind up doing it in less of a an anxious way where they feel like they shouldn't be setting that boundary Or they feel anxious about whether or not that person is going to respect that boundary And they're just assertive And they say alright this is my boundary This thing makes me uncomfortable This is when I'm going to sleep This is my boundary that I'm setting with myself This is my boundary that I'm setting with other people I'm confident in this And they don't overexplain. And And they just, they just go about their business and they're assertive without being arrogant or aggressive or abrasive. And, and they say, all right, if, if this person doesn't respect my boundary, then I, then I cut them off. If this person shows me that they will respect my boundary, then that's the kind of person that I need to have in my life. And they, they wind up also being secure enough to where they can create a safe space for their partner when they are in a relationship. The secure person is able to create a safe space for another person in a friendship, in a romantic relationship because they have a safe space for themselves and they have created that security within themselves and said, this is me. This is who I am. This is my value. This is how I know I add value. This is my authentic self. I am secure in this. I have a safe space for myself. I know how to self-regulate. I know how to self-prioritize. I know how to be there for myself and be emotionally available for myself, so therefore, I know how I can be emotionally available for other people. And that, in and of itself, is the type of alignment. And I say alignment, you can say, you can say alignment, you can say vibration, you can say energy, you can say whatever floats your boat. But that is the kind of mindset and ideals that we should essentially be striving for and the reason why I say that we should essentially be striving for that is because once we have this security within ourselves we can then create security within the external world that in which we live and then we can essentially continue to be more magnetic and be more authentic within ourselves and be more of this type of person that people would want to associate with, people would want to invest in, people would want to work with because we realize that we have high worth, we have high value, we are high demand, we are prioritizing, we are prioritizing ourselves and our lives and then therefore people are like okay we want to be around you because we like who you are as a person and we wind up having healthier, more beautiful romantic relationships. And even when we have problems that arise in those romantic relationships, we recognize that those problems, we can work on them together and we can work on them with our partner. And if they are problems that wind up being individual problems, we can sit down and take breathers and work on the individual problem and then express it to our partner and say, "Hey, this is a problem within me." And I, I was noticing that I was starting to feel insecure and that I was starting to project onto you. And I'm sorry, this is how I want to work on this with you to be able to um, have a healthier balance between us and also have a healthier environment for our relationship. <sighs> So I hope that this episode helped to clear up some things about relationships and also helped you to understand emotional attachment styles and the reason behind wanting to be on the same level as your ideal person. I hope that you have a wonderful day and I can't wait to see you for the next episode. Bye!